Hello, my beautiful beans, and welcome to today's episode. So this episode is going to be all about not explaining yourself or or how to stop over explaining yourself and just take action on something. I'm going to go into why over explaining yourself actually stops you from taking action. It makes you overanalyze things. It makes you become more self-critical in a bad way. It basically is a really, really, if you want to cock block yourself from taking action, then explain yourself to everybody. Explain why you're taking actions, why you think a certain way, why this, why that, why that, okay? I'm going to get you to feel more confident and more comfortable with your decision to do things without the need to explain yourself, okay? And you're going to feel a lot better. Once you really grasp all of this, you're going to feel a lot better about just doing things for yourself without kind of announcing it to the world or making sure that people approve or making sure that people agree, okay? Because if you keep doing that, you're going to... Um, it lowers your levels of motivation, it lowers your drive, it makes you become more critical, it makes you become critical about things that you don't even need to criticise and it stops you from doing the things that you want to be doing and it also makes you less confident within yourself. So if that doesn't make you think, okay, let me listen to this episode right now, then I don't know what will. Okay, before we do that, a little bit of a life update. I just came back from from Noosa, from the Sunshine Coast. Um, I grew up in Noosa with you know, some amazing, with obviously with my parents and my sister and went to high school there, had some incredible friends and one of my best friends, Sophie, got married and that's why I went up for the wedding and I stayed with my one of my best friends, Renee, and we had the best time. I can't even begin to explain to you. Like this was such a good time to the extent that I went and got a tattoo with Renee in in honor of Sophie and we were at this tattoo parlor we decided last minute that we were going to get this tattoo we're lying on the tattoo bed ha 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 laughing our heads off getting a tattoo of a goose I have a tattoo of a goose holding a butter knife in its beak that's literally what I got and then we're like fuck we're going to be late for the wedding we literally paid for this tattoo they, they finished the tattoo and we are running, bang on time, running out, getting in the car and driving to this wedding. It was like a 40-minute drive from where the tattoo parlor was. Um, yes, shout out to Ocean Ink Tattoos, good times. Um, and we went straight to the wedding and we actually made it just on time. Because weddings never start when the invitation says. So based on the invitation, we got there late. But based on how the wedding actually panned out, we got there early. And then, yeah, the reason I got a goose for those of you playing at home wondering, is because my friend Sophie, her name is Sophie Goosens, and she decided to take her husband's surname. So she's no longer going to be a Goosens, and we always call her Goose, Goose. So we thought we're going to have to like get a tattoo of a goose naturally. Obviously, it goes without saying that one would get a tattoo of a goose um, in homage to the surname that is no longer going to be her surname officially. Anyway, so that's my life update. We had the best time ever. And yeah, so before I get into the topic of today's episode, I do want to go through a brain fact. It's actually a very interesting kind of condition or disease that you can contract. And this disease is called rat lungworm disease. Okay. And this is pretty fucking hectic. I'll start with a little bit of a story, but basically it's a disease that in very rare cases can cause very extreme outcomes, okay? So I'll give you the story to start with and then I'll go into what's actually happening with that disease. So around like eight to 10 years ago, I think it was, an Australian man, he was actually a teenager, he was around 19 years old, um, he was dead to swallow a slug from like the garden 
and he ate this lager as a joke. And after some time, I think it was a couple of days, it's not stated. I've looked up as many articles as possible, but it doesn't state exactly how long it took. But based on the science of how this works, it took a couple of days. He contracted encephalitis, which is inflammation of the brain, and he went into a coma for 420 days. And then once he came out of that coma, he had really, really bad brain injuries and he was unable to move his limbs and was wheelchair bound. And over, you know, quite a few years, like this happened like eight to 10 years ago, over, you know, quite a few years, he did recover some movement in his arms and legs, but he did need assistance to perform pretty much everyday tasks. And only recently he passed away. So absolutely horrific, tragic story. And so what happened basically? What, how did eating a slug lead to this because I think a lot of people are like wait a minute but I swear as a child I had a slug and all of this so this is what happened the doctors determined that he had contracted something called rat lungworm disease and this disease is it's a parasite and this parasite lives in the lungs of rodents like rats okay and they because it lives in the lungs of rodents the the rats then I'm guessing some sort of a cough or it comes out but it swallows the the parasite and then it comes out in their feces and then because it's in their feces it can infect any slug or snail which comes into contact with that feces of an infected rat okay so if this snail or slug is infected and a person eats it that person is going to start to feel sick between one to three weeks okay and this can happen obviously it sounds okay, well, who's going to eat a slug? But this can happen after eating a salad that wasn't washed properly and maybe had a tiny slug in it that was infected. Um, or it can also happen by eating undercooked snails that might be carrying the parasite, right? So people that eat this slug or snail can feel headaches, skin pains, vomiting, fever, like really tight neck, um, neck muscles, tingling in the skin. And in most cases, people recover with very, like they have very few symptoms. Um, sometimes people might not even feel symptoms at all. Their body kind of manages to kind of process it and they recover and it's all good. But in very rare cases, it can cause an infection in the brain. Um, and this infection is called eosinophilic meningoencephalitis. Okay. And this Infection of the brain can manifest in a whole bunch of different ways, but if it's severe, it can lead to coma, brain injury, and motor deficits or death. As you can understand, when you have anything that is causing inflammation of the brain, take away the fact that there's obviously a parasite in there as well, which is also causing a lot of damage, you know, based on how it's interacting with the cerebral spinal fluid and, you know, everything through your central nervous system. Inflammation alone, as I mentioned in... I think it was the most previous podcast, the most recent podcast where I spoke about um, water intoxication where if you drink too much water, the cells in your brain and whole body start to swell and causes this inflammation as far as like swelling. It causes a lot of problems because what you're doing is you're suffocating blood flow and oxygen um, supply to a lot of areas of the brain. So you're causing a lot of brain damage and that that is not even talking about what the parasite is directly doing to the brain as well. So there's a lot going on if you get inflammation, any any form of encephalitis in the brain, let alone a, an infection caused by a parasite in the central nervous system as well. And another thing to note is that not all these parasites are exactly the same. If you eat a snail or a slug that's infected with that parasite, they might differ 
you know, the actual parasite itself is not the exact same one. There's a whole range of parasites that fall under that umbrella. So there are drugs that can fight parasites. So if you find that you, or if you suspect that you've eaten an undercooked snail and you start feeling these symptoms or a slug, you can be treated with these drugs that fight parasites, obviously by going to your fucking doctor or the emergency room. But there are parasites that can't be treated or that we don't know yet how to treat, okay? So most people will survive and return to normal, but the treatment, like I said, is very dependent on what parasite has infected the brain and the central nervous system. So that is the very interesting brain fact of today, which is rat lungworm disease. So please, guys, wash your fucking salads, and if you're going to eat a snail, make sure it's cooked to the nth degree, okay? And don't eat slugs in your backyard, okay? That is my warning for the week. Advice, Alexis's advice, do not eat a slug because you can have a very, very, very sad, sad, tragic outcome. Anyway, so let's lift the mood for the episode of today. Let's get straight into today's topic, which is all about how to stop explaining yourself and just do the thing. Just do it. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to break down why we have this need to explain ourselves. And then I'm going to happen what happens to you and your ideas and your actions when you do over-explain yourself and I'm then going to go into what you're going to do instead, okay? Because when it comes to explaining yourself, less is always more, okay? People love to put a fucking spanner in the works or a dampener on your ideas. Like motivation is hard enough as it is. You don't need these wet blankets weighing you down, okay? So why do we do it? We do it because we need people's approval before we take action. You might be somebody that thinks, oh my God, I could never do this unless I know that I have all these people approving of me to do it. What if they judge me otherwise? We do it because we feel we'll be attacked or judged. So we explain our actions first. So sometimes and often we explain ourselves before we do something because we preempt how people are going to react to our decision or something that we want to do. We do it because we feel that it would be wrong to take action on something without discussing it with others. And I'm going to go into that in a second. And we also do it because we feel that we can't take action. So when we feel like we can't take action on something, we have to explain ourselves and see how other people think, see if they push us towards it, see if they advise us against doing it, and then that will give us a better idea if we're going to do it or not because we don't really know what we're going to do. Okay? Now – Quick little thing, just a bit of a disclaimer at the start of the episode. What I'm talking about here as far as explaining yourself is stuff that only directly impacts you. Obviously, obviously, you should be discussing things with your partner or your family or whoever it is, your employer, whatever, if it directly impacts the other person, okay? If you're looking at making a huge financial investment and you share your, your money with your partner, yes, obviously have that discussion. If you're thinking about it, just think about does it directly impact the other person or is it indirectly impacting the other person? Like, does, is me moving out directly impacting this person because they now need to replace me in this home or is me moving somewhere else only indirectly impacting my friend because they're going to be sad that I'm going to go but it's not going to actually, you know, be damaging to their lives financially or something like that, okay? That is what I'm talking about. I'm sure you can think of many examples to differentiate direct impact and indirect impact. Now, what happens when you over-explain yourself? You give yourself the chance to wind yourself up, 
Okay, sometimes you preempt someone's reaction, right? So before you go and do something, you preempt how they're going to react, okay? Like you might say, oh, I'm about to tell my friend that I'm not going to go out to this event. And you might then start preempting what they're going to say and you start winding yourself up being like, well, you know, I should be able to not go to this event because they didn't come to this other event with me. And you start getting so wound up before you've even started the conversation. So that's not beneficial for you or for anyone. You also start becoming an amateur mind reader. You get really good or really bad at predicting what other people are thinking and what other people are saying. So if you're entering a conversation thinking this person is going to be really angry with what I'm going to do or they're going to be really judgmental or they're going to hate it. So you start to over explain and justify why you are doing what you are doing. Okay. And you don't need to do that. Okay. You start becoming defensive over a topic that needs no defending. You know, if it's something that just you're doing, let's say you want to start working out and your partner thinks working out is ridiculous. If you sit there and start explaining why you're doing it and defending your your choices and your reasoning behind it to someone that just doesn't value what you're doing, you're wasting your energy, you're winding yourself up, you're mind reading, and you're doing all of this for no reason because your actions pertain to you and the the repercussions of those actions have only concern you so this is something that you do not have to be explaining to somebody else okay you don't need to be defending it you start to then feel negative about the idea or topic because you're associating it with these stressful feelings of defensiveness of having to explain winding yourself up becoming a mind reader thinking they're going to say something negative so you start to associate these negative feelings and anxiety towards this thing that you want to be doing and then because of that you start to doubt yourself you're associating stress, you're associating um, avoidance, all these things with this decision. So while this decision might have originally started out as something really exciting that you want to do, by the end of the day, you're like, oh, it's stressing me out to even think about it. I don't even want to think about it now. Then you begin to avoid it because of all these feelings that you've attached to it, okay? You also open yourself up to have your arm twisted um, and to have yourself go against what you want to please others. Sometimes we'll start to, to tell people what we're planning on doing or what we really want to do or this idea that we have. And we might be telling this idea to people that have walked a completely different path in life than we have. They might have a completely different opinion and their idea of it would might be completely opposite to your idea of it. You might only see the good in it while they turn around and see all the bad in it and they might try for, for out of the goodness of their heart or out of the malice of their heart to try and convince you otherwise to not take action on that thing, okay? And then lastly, you open yourself up to having your mind changed or manipulated out of guilt as well. So you might, you know, tell your parents, oh, I really want to go and do this. And then, oh, you're leaving me, you're leaving me. Why, why do you have to leave me? That kind of stuff, you know? It's this idea of like, oh God, I could never move too far away from my parents. I could never do a year abroad because of this. I could never, I could never, I could never. And then you end up, you know, living out of guilt and taking actions, you know, to support other people. So then you end up not feeling guilty or not responsible for other people's feelings, okay? Also, can I just say that, If we're talking about, obviously, I think you've gathered that what I'm talking about here is explaining yourself before you take action on the things that you want to do with yourself, decisions for your life. If we are talking about an apology where you're explaining yourself, you still shouldn't over-explain yourself, okay? Because if you did something wrong and you are apologizing, 
then a true apology comes from understanding someone and how your actions hurt them and a demonstration of you understanding or a demonstration of you seeking to understand. If Do you actually think that the person on the receiving end of an apology wants to hear you get defensive over why you hurt them? I can assure you they do not, okay? So the more you defend your actions after an apology, the more you explain why you did what you did after an apology, the more it takes away from the apology, okay? You don't have to explain every single action and interaction that caused the hurtful thing. It makes the other person shut down. It makes them like, yeah, cheers for showing me that you're still defending what you did. You probably don't realize how much it hurt me, right? When you apologize, that is the time where you especially don't have to over-explain yourself, okay? You apologize. You ask the person how they feel. You ask that person if they want to leave it for now or if they would like an explanation or a discussion over what happened. And then based on what they say, you can then talk about it, okay? That's how a real apology should go down, not you standing there and giving them every explanation under the sun as to why you behaved the way you behaved, okay? Now, for the fun bit, let's talk about what to do instead of over-explaining yourself. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's get into this second part. What to do instead of over-explaining yourself. If you're somebody that thinks, oh my God, I can't take action unless I speak to this person about it. Oh my God, I could never do that. I could never say that I'm going to quit my job unless I tell everybody in my life until I call every single person. I could never, you know, change careers or start this course or cut my hair off or blah, blah, blah. Book that trip on a solo holiday around the world. I could never unless I've spoken to every single person about it, okay? If you are one of these people, I want you to do a couple of things before you actually take action on that thing. And you'll probably notice that there's also a bit of a correlation with the people that talk that that always think, oh my God, I can't take action on this unless I speak to everyone about it. And those same people not often taking action on the things that they want to do. They often talk a lot about it, but seldom take action versus the people who just think, fuck it, I'm going to fucking bite the bullet and just do it. And then instead of, you know, telling people or asking or over explaining myself as to why I'm going to do it, they can just see that I've done it. Okay. So there's a, there's, that's, that's the benefit of it. They can just, they still see it, but it's done now. They don't have an opinion. They, well, they can have an opinion, but their opinion isn't going to impact whether I do it or not because they can only have an opinion after it is done. Okay. So every time you want to do something, I want you to think or ask yourself, is it possible and is it appropriate for me to take action on this thing without telling anyone? And for a lot of things that only impact you, that only directly impact you, the answer is yes, it is possible and yes, it is appropriate for you to take action on that thing without telling anyone. You looking for a new job, you changing your careers, you looking to start a new fitness routine or a new way of eating, you wanting to cut your hair off, you wanting to book that flight, okay? People are less inclined to give you an opinion when you have already done it. Like they'll still do it, don't get me wrong. People fucking love to give an opinion, but it's no longer around convincing you not to do something. Their opinion is more like, oh, I still don't think that was a good idea or I can't believe you didn't ask me before you did this, that kind of shit. But they're not really trying to convince you to not do that thing, okay? When someone says, why didn't you ask me before you did this? Just say, because I'm, I'm used to the kind of responses that you give me and I actually wanted to feel good, so I didn't ask you. That's why. And then 
that's a really good way, a very clean cut way of showing someone that they always offer, like they're always the Debbie Downer. They always offer, you know, the negative side of every opinion. And you don't have time for that shit anymore, okay? You're listening to this podcast. If you know anything that I'm about, you don't have time for that shit anymore, okay? So if someone's always negative, if someone's always trying to put a dampener on what it is that you do, you are going to stop telling them you're going to stop explaining yourself and explaining why you are doing what you are going to do. It is done. It is finished. Okay. From now on, you just show them what you've done or, Hey, I've actually gone ahead and booked that flight, by the way. I've actually blah, 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 blah. Okay. Another thing that you have to get good at doing is you have to get really good at not giving unsolicited opinions to others. And additionally, When you see someone excited about something, you have to get really good at allowing that person to be excited and happy and not shut it down, okay? There are very few circumstances and I don't even have to explain myself because obviously if someone's going to do something where it's actually endangering themselves, of course, any any caring person is going to intercept and say, hey, look, I really don't think you should do that. But I'm talking about in most most scenarios in life that have got to do with some decision that they want to make for themselves, okay? Let them be happy. You might think, oh my God, they really shouldn't be doing that. That market's saturated. Their business is going to fail. Oh God, should they really be traveling right now? It's like the pandemic's just ended and it's probably not a good time. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Just let that person do what they need to do. And let also let that person make the mistakes they're going to make. As long as it's not life-threatening, people need to live their lives. And also when it comes to certain things about personal life experiences and what you're going to learn in a life experience – They're not going to learn it based on people's, you know, negative opinions around their actions. They're going to learn it through trial and error, okay? That's just how things are learned in life. Ideally, they they listen to some people that they respect or some people that are their mentors. But in general, you can give someone all the fucking advice in the world, but most people are still going to go ahead and feel the need to experience something in order to learn the lesson. I personally, so I get people coming to me all the time telling me that they want to start a podcast. I'm the first person to know that the podcast industry is a fucking saturated industry, but I'm also the first person that's going to encourage you to go ahead and start a podcast because it worked for me and it was saturated when I launched the podcast. So I'm someone that thinks it is possible and just because it's saturated, just because a lot of people might not have made it, that does not mean that it's not going to work for you or it's not going to be a success for you. If someone comes to me like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed about an idea, I get excited too. I think, yes, I don't care if it's so oversaturated. Who cares? What if they've got some bang-on original idea and someone's going to shut them down because, oh, too many people are doing it? Ridiculous, okay? So if you want to... Feel comfortable when you share your ideas or when you do something. You have to do the same for others because it puts you in a better position. You feel comfortable, even if it's got nothing to do with the other person, you feel more comfortable. You feel like less of a hypocrite, at least to yourself and the people and the closest people around you. Because it's easy to say to someone, Oh, I don't want to hear your opinion. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear anything negative if you yourself never offer a negative opinion or never shut someone's idea down. It's a lot harder to say to someone, I don't want to hear your negative opinion. I don't want to hear you shut down my idea or I don't even need to explain myself to you. It's harder to do that 
if you're always shoveling your opinions and your ideas and shutting people's ideas down because, oh, that's dangerous or, oh, you know, you're not going to succeed or have you thought about this, that's already been done. If you're someone that's always doing that, then you're going to feel like a hypocrite if you want people to not do that to you, okay? You have to eat the shit that you're shoveling, okay? So if you're always shoveling out all this, you know, negative talk and shutting people down, eat it. But if you are supporting people and helping people, then it's a lot easier to request the same in return. Or at the very least, it's a lot easier to say, I actually don't want to hear your opinion. I actually didn't come to you prior to me taking action because I know what, you know, what your opinion is going to be based on how you've always seen my ideas and, and you know, my, my dreams and my goals. Now, the next thing you've got to ask yourself, and this is a huge one, huge. It's, is this person even asking for an explanation? Sometimes we're so used to people protesting or having an opinion around what we're doing that we predict the protest and we G ourselves up and we start explaining and defending before they've even uttered a word about your decision to do something. Sometimes it's better to just sit, not say anything and wait to see if someone's even going to say something. Sometimes we, you know, we, we jump the gun and we, and we start, you know, I've decided to do this and the reason I'm doing this is because of bang, bang, bang and you did this so I think it's fair that I do blah, blah, blah and that person's not even said a thing. Less is more, less is more. When it comes to explaining yourself, always say to yourself, less is more. When you're about to tell someone you're going to do something, say less is more. You start with, so I've decided I'm buying a one-way ticket to Paris, Okay. And then pause. This is if you really want to tell them. You can just go ahead and buy it and go. But um, obviously most people are going to tell the people, their loved ones. And then wait. Instead of saying, I've bought a one-way ticket to Paris and I have to do it. I just have to go because of blah, 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 blah. Just wait. They might say, oh, my God, that is so exciting. When are you going? That's amazing. And then the conversation quickly turns to something exciting where you're sharing, you know, all your ideas and your plans instead of you getting really defensive and really kind of stressed thinking that you've got to justify why you have made this decision. Don't mind read, don't predict reactions. You can predict behaviours of people based on their past behaviours. But when it comes to a conversation that you're having with someone, you can be aware of what they're likely going to say. Like you might have a very good idea of what they're going to say. But don't respond to words that have never been spoken. Don't think, oh, they're going to say this, so I'm going to say this now. Wait till they say it. And then if they say it, then speak if you want, okay? But you might have a very good idea of what they're going to say and just sit with like, let, let's just see if, it, if they say it or not, okay? But I'm not going to start spitting out all this, you know, stressed, you know, reasons until they've actually gone ahead and said it because they might not. They might do what they normally do, but they might not. So don't act unless it happens, if and when it happens. Now, next thing, ask yourself, am I repeating myself to this person? Have I already spoken to them about it? Am I revisiting this because I know they disapprove of me or they disapprove of this decision or because I know they don't understand my reasons? People might not understand you. It doesn't mean that they love you less. It doesn't mean that they, they think you're an absolute idiot. They might be confused. They might not understand it. But just leave it at that. It's okay. It is okay to be misunderstood. Okay? 
You've got to be okay with being misunderstood. If you're not okay with being misunderstood, then you're going to try and control things that are not in your control. And that's when you become anxious, stressed and unhappy. Okay? If you, let's say, you want to do something for a career and your parents just don't get it. Too bad. Too bad. You can try and explain it to them, but if you've tried and they just don't get it, then what? Because they don't get it, is that going to determine if you go and do that dream thing that you want to do or not? It shouldn't. Ask yourself, is someone not understanding what I'm doing going to determine if I take action or not on this thing? Because if the answer is yes, ridiculous, you need to stop, you need to pause and you need to think that is outrageous that someone's lack of understanding determines my life trajectory. Rubbish. No more, no more put a stop to it. And you might then think, okay, well, there's a lot of people that don't understand what I'm doing. Then stop explaining yourself. Stop telling them. Show them what you're doing. Stop telling them in advance and giving them an opportunity to shut you down, shut you down and like bang you down into the ground and cover you with dirt. No, no, just show them. Silence, actions. So often we desperately want people to agree with us before we do something because we seek way too much validation outside of ourselves. We don't trust ourselves yet, yet, but that can grow. So don't worry about that. That can grow with practice and practice and practice. But because we don't trust ourselves yet, we think, okay, well, I can't validate myself. I don't know if me saying I'm good enough is enough. So I need other people to agree. And if I've told 10 people and nine people agree, I'm happy with that. And that's good enough. But if I've told five people, if I've told 10 people and only five people agree, oh, then I, should, I might as well not take action, you know, because five say yes, five say no, and, you know, the scales aren't really tipped either way, so it's best not to do anything, you know. If you seek validation in people agreeing with you and people saying, yeah, that's such a good idea, you should do it, then you're only going to take action on what your closest circle believes is a good idea and is a bad idea, or action or inaction, okay? So... You have to be okay with people having a different opinion of you and you have to be okay with people not approving of your ideas, especially if it only directly impacts you and your life. You'll be amazed. Actually, you won't even be amazed. You yourself know. We all know. Everyone, we've all been there. People just talk, like they give their opinions on what you're doing and what they think you should be doing, even if it's got nothing to do with them. Like my sister Stephanie, for example, this is such a tiny example, but it shows you how ridiculous people can be. My sister Stephanie has always, from day one, had short hair. She's always, actually right now is the longest she's ever had it, but all through childhood, all through teenagehood, all through her 20s, she's had really, really short hair. Like you can't even tie it up short hair, okay? And all through her life, she's had people saying, Oh, why do you cut your hair? Would you ever grow your hair? Why don't you grow your hair? Why don't you want to have long hair? Has it ever occurred to people that the reason that she had short hair is because she wanted to have short hair? Obviously, that, that you know, conclusion was just war, way too advanced for people to comprehend. So they think, but why this? Why that? They never thought maybe because she wants to, maybe because she's a fucking grown woman and a teenager and a child who's made a decision and gone with that decision. Every time we'd go to the hairdresser, she'd say to my mum, I want short hair as short as our dad's. 
And so my mum would tell the hairdresser, cut it short. It's simple. Yet people would question and question and question and question and question. Do you not think, do people not think that if Stephanie wanted long hair, she'd fucking grow it? No, obviously they don't think that because it's their opinion and how they view how a girl or a woman, especially in the 90s, should have their hair, which is long. They think, well, how can anyone fathom anything other than what I believe? So I'm going to question you on your decision to have your hair the way you have it or in your decision to wear shorts and never want to wear a dress, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is a small example, but a very good example, I think, to make you realise that people just don't fathom that you are doing something because it benefits you. They look at it as, oh, I would never have my hair short, so you shouldn't either. You know, it's ridiculous, but people do it. You have to take what people say with a grain of salt. You've got to think the reason that person's life looks the way it looks and the reason my life looks the way it looks is because we have different opinions and different tastes, okay? So I'm not going to expect that that person then share all their opinions with me and for those opinions to be the same when their life is different to my life. Their style is different to me. Their job is different to me. Their, where they live. Everything's fucking different, yet I'm expecting them to agree with all my decisions. Fuck that shit. They're probably not going to agree and that's fine. So you standing here explaining yourself, trying to get them to see it and agree and, and, and you know, congratulate. No, it's a waste of your breath. It's a waste of your breath. You need to just figure out what is it that I want and just do it. Stop talking about it. Stop asking about it. Stop explaining why you're going to do it. Stop justifying why you think it's a good idea when someone's shut you down about it, when someone's questioned you about it. Don't waste your time and energy. Don't let yourself be manipulated and moulded and twisted by how other people would live their life, okay? And every time you explain why you're doing why you're doing, what you're doing or, or try and justify it or over-explain, you are giving that person the right. You're saying, yeah, no, look, you're right, but no. You say, I don't have to explain myself. End of story. Or you just say, I'm doing it because obviously I want to be doing it. No one's got a gun to my head. I'm doing it because I have made the decision to do it. Why else would I be doing it? So another thing you can ask yourself is, do I need this person to agree with me in order for my decision to be okay? Or do I need this person to tell me that no one's going to judge me in order for my decision to be acceptable? Okay, and that's going to give you a really good idea if you're seeking way too much validation from other people around you who don't live the same life that you live, who don't, you know, don't have your brain, who don't, you know, who don't absorb things the way you absorb things and they don't experience things you, the way you experience things. Okay, So I want you to really get clear on the reasons behind why you're explaining yourself or over-explaining yourself or needing people to agree because often it comes down to you not feeling certain within yourself and that can be changed. Just listen to the last episode. Okay. Now, lastly, when you have come up with an idea or something that you want to do, decide then and there. At the same time as coming up with that idea, decide then and there, who, do I, who will I tell, number one? then do I need to tell anyone? And then ask yourself, would I rather surprise them once it's done or surprise them before it's done? And can I keep this to myself so my idea doesn't get tainted? That's probably the biggest one. In most cases, like, don't get me wrong, if you've got someone in your life that just jays you up and is there behind you, your number one supporter, of course you're going to share stuff with them. But that's not you over-explaining. That's the kind of person that you can bounce ideas off and they're your sounding board. Okay? I'm talking about most people. 
where you find yourself over-explaining yourself. So say, can I keep this to myself so it doesn't get tainted? And then lastly, take some deep, deep breaths before you go ahead and take action on that thing or go ahead and buy that 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 workout plan or, or the ticket to go somewhere or, or register for that job interview or register for that training course or that degree or whatever it is or chop all your hair off or shave your head or whatever, okay? Take a deep breath and then just take action on it, okay? The last thing you need is for your idea to be tainted with stress and anxiety. Ideas and creativity only flourish and evolve when you're happy relaxed when you're in the zone and when you're in that flow, okay? Only share it with people who encourage this. Only share it with the people that are there supporting you all the time, okay? But not many people. Keep it, keep it to a very limited number, if any. People will still love you regardless, okay? People will still be there for you and they still will care for you if you said, hey, look, this is what I've gone and done. I didn't check with you guys prior because really it only concerned me. But love you. They might be annoyed, they might whatever, they might have their opinions of what you should have done, but do you think they're going to love you less because you went and took action on something that only concerned you without consulting them? No. At, at best or at worst or whatever you want to call it, they'll be annoyed. That's it, okay? So don't think it's this huge issue that you didn't tell anyone. Don't make it so big in your head because it's not. If something only directly concerns you, it should do exactly that. It should only directly concern you, okay, and make it that way. Guys, I hope this episode has inspired you, inspired you to go and take action on that thing that you want to do, to go and shave off your left eyebrow, whatever it is that you want to do without consulting other people prior and explaining why you're doing what you're doing. I hope this has inspired you to just follow how you're feeling and what you want and go ahead and do it. And then you can just show other people what you've done instead of tell them what you're going to do. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for sharing um, the episodes, for sharing the podcast. Guys, if you are in Sydney or Melbourne and you see uh, any of my billboards up um, please keep taking photos of it, sending them through to me. I absolutely love seeing it. We've had some some people post it on the Facebook group as well, which has been so awesome. So thank you guys. I adore you so much. And as always, remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to your brain. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Don't care.